Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and I'm joined by my dude, NWI Steve, and we are here to recap a White Sox 3-1 winner over the Minnesota Twins. But before we do, be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at ontapsportsnet, at Socks on Tap, and anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. So be sure you're giving us a five-star Rating and review because that shit is cool and tough. Steve, you know what else is cool and tough, man? Sox just beat the Twins three to one. Hey, yo, Buzz. You know there are a few things in this world that truly are better than a White Sox win over the Twins, especially in dramatic fashion like that. I'm feeling real good right now. I'm sure you are too. I'm on one. I'm absolutely on one. I mean, the game with itself was just absolutely insane. I. Uh, <laughs> What was there? Uh, 10 walks tonight. Uh, you know, 10 walks, almost 200 collective pitches thrown for the White Sox. And, but it's okay because we came out with a W. We came out with a W, and that's the most important thing out of this. As long as you get the win, that's all that matters. You know what? It can be as ugly as, as it needs to be. As long as you get that extra number in that left-hand column, that's all that matters. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this game starts off with Dylan Cease on the mound. And you know what, Steve? Dylan Cease didn't he didn't look bad, man. I know he walked five, but he looked more would you say confident than he has recently? I mean, just he had some stuff working from him, but that fifth inning he had a lot of trouble locating his pitches. It felt like um even Benetti and Stone had said during the broadcast that Yaz was earning his paycheck because, I mean, the ball was going everywhere in that fifth inning. But other than that, Cease didn't look bad. Like, th- this wasn't – he didn't get rocked is what I'm trying to say. He, he had a couple good innings there. He just, uh, you know, obviously he started – he had a high pitch count early in the game and kind of started to lose it there towards the end before Ricky took him out. Yeah, so a couple things with, with Dylan Cease tonight. You know, overall, I, I think the, the outing um, was – sufficient. I, I think that's really the appropriate word to use for it. Um, was really walking a tightrope pretty much the entire game, you know, putting, putting base runners on pretty much every inning. I think for all five innings that Dylan Cease was out there, the leadoff hitter reached base in each inning. And that's something that is obviously very problematic. Um, one thing that was particularly interesting from my standpoint, watching him was when he got into some tough spots tonight, he was utilizing his changeup more to try to get back into counts or try to put hitters away. And that's something that we haven't really seen a great deal of Dylan Cease doing to this point this season. He's really relied very heavily on the fastball to this point. So um, not sure if that was a conscious decision by him or by Yasmani Grandal. Whoever really was making that decision right there deserves a lot of credit because that was something that um, I think Cease needs to do with more frequency here to help keep hitters off of his fastball. So that's really something I'm going to be interested to see him continuing to do here um, his next couple of starts to close out the season. But I, I thought that was something very interesting and he did a tremendous job of pitching himself out of jams. Look, he would get himself in trouble a little bit and he would get, that key double play ball when he needed to. That's something that really he's done all season. And and that's something there have been a couple of articles written in the last week or so kind of talking about how he has really defied his fielder independent pitching metrics uh, with his ERA being significantly lower than, than what those numbers 
dictate it should be. And one of the key facets of that is the fact that when he does get runners on base, he's able to clamp down and prevent big innings from happening. So that's really, I think, a testament to his focus and his ability to just bear down when he's in tough situations. Now, obviously, that fifth inning, like you mentioned here, Buzz, mechanics did get away from him a little bit. He was flying open with his right side or excuse me, with his left side, um, kind of causing him to miss his pitches up in the zone a little more frequently there, but you know, he, he was able to limit the damage, obviously, um, you know, did give up the RBI single to Polanco that allowed the twins to tie the game here. But you know, the fact that he was able to keep this thing to just one run, I think really is a testament to, to Dylan C's here tonight. Absolutely. And that's a good thing to hear too, is I mean, basically every, how you just explained it, he gets himself out of jams and, those articles that you mentioned, whether that be at, I mean, let's give shout outs here to, you know, Sox Machine was writing some articles, um, Sox on 35th. I know we had one or two actually about Dylan Cease over at ontapsportsnet.com. It's just luck has been thrown out there a lot lately. But again, going down to your point, he does seem he cracks down when he needs to at those moments. And he gets out of those, those crazy innings that he puts himself into. Uh, let's go to the bottom of the second here. I know we just basically dissected, um, you know, Dylan sees his start, but why don't we go to our first scoring play, and that's going to be on the bottom of the second inning, and Steve's pick to click. I want to throw that out there. We should have been kept keeping track of this, but we always fucking forget. But And then I pick Mazzara when I don't know what else to do, which is whatever. But uh, your pick to click tonight, man, Nick Madrigal. Gets another RBI, man. I mean, that, yeah. opportune hits for that kid, Steve, and you said it. You knew it was going to happen. And look what he does. Bottom of second inning, Yoan Mankata, who was my pick to click, scored. So what about Magical, man? He's, he puts the bat on the ball at very opportune times. It's it's awesome. Kids batting 355. Yeah, listen, Nicky Slaps is – he's really a nice – I shirt <laughs> Really a nice compliment to the rest of this lineup with a lot of guys that are kind of boom bust and magical being a guy that puts the bat on the ball and is very comfortable hitting with two strikes. He really provides a great deal of balance hitting out of that number nine spot. And that's part of the reason why I went with him as my pick to click tonight, because against Barrios, who historically has owned the Sox, um, you just have to have to kind of feel like Madrigal is going to have some good quality at bats and put himself in a position to make contact and put the bat on the ball and, you know, have a nice, you know, 69.1 mile per hour ball off the bat, find a hole somewhere to drive in a run and you'll take it. Oh, absolutely. Every single time. I mean, he's bringing, I love him in the nine spot and it's been working so well with, I mean, Tim Anderson being a bad, uh, badass leadoff hitter. It's like you got two leadoff hitters, man. You got two guys that you know that are going to get on fucking base. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, if if Mandrigal's not going to be a guy, I don't think that's going to have a 10% walk rate. But if you're hitting him in the number nine spot, and if he's going to hit, you know, 300, 315, uh, that's going to translate then his on-base percentage. Maybe he's going to be about 340, 345-ish, maybe a little bit higher as he gets a little more experience and, and, and a little more seasoning with how pitchers are attacking him. That That's fine, you know? And like you said it's going to turn the lineup over and it's going to put another guy on base for Timmy, for Yaz, for Abreu and, and for the big boppers there. So he really is a perfect complimentary piece hitting in that number nine spot in the order. I definitely agree with that wholeheartedly. 
Definitely agree with that wholeheartedly. So that that was the Sox' first scoring play. Was uh, again bottom of the second. Madrigal scores Mankata. Um, then we have to go to what Steve was saying before uh, with Dylan Cease's fifth inning here. Jorge Polanco he singles the line drive to center field. Um, you know, and the Twins get up on the board, and the game's tied one to one. After that, it was just a very weird battle, I guess. Not weird, but I mean, but Cody Hoyer comes in for the Sox. He lets up two hits in an inning of work. He also walks two. I don't really know how it didn't translate any runs, but it didn't. Um, you know, he strikes out one while he was in. Then Evan Marshall, he ends up coming and pitches, uh, you know, one and one-third inning there. Two strikeouts look real good. Uh, Gio Gonzalez comes in for uh, just two-thirds of an inning. He walks two, and then Alex Colome takes over the, uh, and gets the last out of the eighth inning and obviously, um, you know, closes the game out he does not get a save for that because the Sox took the lead after he came in so Colome picks up his second win on the year uh twins did not score after that Polanco single it went down to the bottom of the eighth Steve and uh Adam Angle singles on a ground ball to center field Mancata, my guy my pick to click scores again he's got two runs under his belt tonight and then after that um you know Luis Robert gets the second base and then Tim Anderson doubles sharp line drive there um to left field and uh, Luis Robert scores and Adam Engel gets the third, but that's where the Sox take a three to one lead and they never look back. Steve never look back. Yeah. A couple, couple things I want to, I want to touch on there real quick. Um, Evan Marshall. I mean, that dude just had some stones out there tonight, just going out there, throwing up zeros, doing what he needed to do, especially after Cody Hoyer went out there today, didn't have particularly strong stuff. His, his command was not there tonight. So he really kind of battled his way through uh, the end of that fifth inning and, and the sixth inning and Marshall just going in there and he was absolute nails out there tonight, um, had everything working and, and was relatively smooth sailing for him. And then within that eighth inning, as you talk about Johan Mankata with that leadoff walk here, here's something that isn't going to be talked about very much. So Mankata had three walks tonight. He saw 27 total pitches in the, over the course of all of his plate appearances this evening. That's a lot. That's okay. All, yeah, that's great. So, and, and for a guy that, you know, we've seen over the last week, looks like he's starting to get his legs back under him a little bit, starting to hit the ball with a little bit more authority here. For him to see 27 pitches out there, that tells me that he's starting to see the ball better. And I think, you know, we could be real close to Yohan Mankata breaking out of this thing here. And then Luis Robert, look, that walk that he had following um, Mankata to, to lead off that eighth inning, that was a huge sequence within this game here. Uh, Robert, you know, it's been well documented. Look, he's been struggling here during the month of September. He fouled off a number of, of tough pitches there from from Rogers to be able to work that walk. I mean, that was just a huge, huge sequence right there. And and then Adam Engel comes up and and listen, you know, I I had one good tweet, you know, during this game, uh, basically just ripping Nomar Mazzara and saying that I think the Sox really need to look at having Adam Engel out there for the remainder of this series at least because. Mazzara's given you absolutely nothing with the bat, and at least if you put Adam Engel out there. You're going to improve the quality of your defense, and you're going to improve your run prevention. And especially against a, a hard-hitting team like the Minnesota Twins, if I'm going to have Luis Robert and Adam Engel in the outfield, that's going to significantly cut down on the number of balls that are going to find green grass out there in the outfield. So I think that's something the Sox really need to look at here for the remaining three games of the series. 
And then Engel made me look really smart by, you know, pulling back that bunt after that first <laughs> attempt and, and slapping that base hit through to score the uh, the game winning run there. So, you know, he, he made me look very smart. And then Tim Anderson just doing what Tim Anderson does. I thought he got all of that thing um, when, when it left the bat. You know, I, I jumped up off my couch there. I thought he got it and he, he just missed it. But um, that dude, you know, man, he what, what more can you really say about this guy at this point? I mean, he is just he is. He's a stud. So before, Absolutely. before we started recording and I had told you um, that I had woken up the baby, that is the moment that I woke up the baby because I thought that fucking ball was tattooed. I thought it was gone. Uh, you know, and obviously it didn't, but still, we got to run. We, we won the game, but that that was the moment I, uh, I jumped up and woke up the, the you know, three-week-old. So I, was in, I got in a little bit of trouble there. That is my bad, Jamie, if you're listening to this podcast. I apologize. Please let me back upstairs. When and why wouldn't fit. you? Yeah, right. <laughs> but oh god, dude, I that the game got really excited. Like Steve Stone said, the, the the game tonight. You were sitting at the edge of your seat. It was it was absolutely fantastic. And I, one thing I do want to touch on before we move into uh, tomorrow's preview, Steve, is I know for a fact it wasn't the last show we were on together. It was the one before that where we had said. If Nomar Mazara is not giving you anything going into an important series like the Twin Series, we like it was alluded to the last time, again, not the last time we were on, but the time before that, that Adam Engel should be starting those games. I, I think you know what I'm talking about. It, that should be happening because if Mazara is not providing you offense and he's not hitting some dingers, I mean, anything, you got to – you got to take them out. I mean, this comes down to importance at this point. And another point we didn't even get to touch on is this ninth inning before I get, you know, again, before we get into the other game here for tomorrow is uh, Colome got us out. I mean, two quick outs pretty much immediately. Comes Buxton. Okay, Buxton hits a ball. He hits it hard. He hits it hard. Uh, a lot of people on Twitter were calling for Dyson, thought that he should have been in the game. You know, in a situation like that, I tend to agree. But hindsight's twenty twenty on that. But, I mean, come on, man. You have to play the ball. You can't. This isn't fucking Wrigley Field where they live to throw their hands up when the shit touches the ivy and look back towards the ump for some sort of stupid fucking approval. That's not what this is. And especially in a moment like that, if that would have been an inside the park home run, I would have had a fuck. I would have died. It would have been a fucking aneurysm. I was so pissed off at Eloy, and I love Eloy. Don't I mean so? Before people come at me like, oh well, look what he does with the bat. Yeah, I get it. That shit can't happen in these kind of games. He's got to get a better jump on the ball. He misplayed the ball terribly. And that's why Luis Robert looks at him like he does constantly when he's stealing fucking fly balls from him. He misplayed the ball terribly. And then that was a piss poor effort on his part in a close game against your toughest division opponent to close this game out just to throw your hands up and as and then stare at the ump. The, the, the fucking thousand-mile stare I saw on his face is what kind of did it and pissed me off. Just staring down there like, huh, is it, is it all good? Oh, no, he's still running? Okay, I'll pick it up and throw it now. That can't happen in these very important games. I didn't know if you wanted to touch on that or if I got it. I mean, I, I do kind of actually want to hear your opinion on that, uh, what you thought yeah. happened there. Yeah, yeah, so there's a lot to unpack there. Look, um, the Aloy Jimenez outfield experience is something that is – going to lead to many ulcers for Sox fans, I think, over the next couple of years here. And I know our guy Tony is very much on board with uh, the idea that 
Aloy needs to be a DH, but unfortunately they just simply don't have the luxury of being able to do that, considering that you've got Jose Abreu and you've got Andrew Vaughn coming. And so they're going to need to utilize that DH spot for those two guys right there. So Eloy is going to have to figure something out there defensively. Um, You know, the idea about bringing Dyson in there, and this is something that even Stone alluded to during the game, I can't quite understand. The only thing I can think of why it didn't happen tonight was that in the event if the Twins somehow scored two runs and forced the Sox to have to hit in the bottom of the ninth, Aloy's spot would have been leading off the inning. That's the only thing I can think of. But if you're in a scenario tomorrow or another game here later on this week, and Aloy's spot in the order is not relatively soon in that scenario there, you have to put that best defensive outfield on the field, which would be Luis Robert flanked by Dyson and Engel in the corners. Because realistically, very few balls are going to hit the ground with those three guys out there right now. And you're in this dogfight right now to try to win a division title here, and you're going up, like you said, against this team's biggest rival and one that has had their number collectively for close to two decades, as I wrote earlier here today, you got to do everything that you can to win that ball game. That means putting your best defensive players out there on the field in those pivotal uh, situations like that. Right. I agree with everything that you just said. It's just minimal to no mistakes there from your outfielder in Eloy. And then you, if you have an inkling that something like that might happen, you can't really have a mistake like that from Ricky Renteria. You, you have to realize important moments when they're there, but we can nitpick all day, but they come up with the W and, and we're going to absolutely take that. So we'll move into tomorrow's game and it's going to be Randy Dobnak against Dane Dunning. Dobnak's coming in at six, three, six and three with a 3.61 ERA. Our boy Dane Dunning is coming in one and with a 2.70 ERA. Um, you know, there's not much. There's not much I have to say to you know for keys to win. Do what you did. You know, put the bat on the ball. Get the Dobnak early. Don't make defensive mistakes. Um, Dane Dunning's had better stuff than Dylan Cease has the last couple outings. They've been out. Uh, just, just win, baby. Just win. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting start for Dane Dunning. This is going to be his first real major test here since uh, getting called up to the big leagues. You know, he's been fortunate in that he's been able to get his feet under him going up against the Kansas City's, the Detroit's, and the Pittsburgh's of the world. So he's going to step up another class here with with the Twins here tomorrow. And he just needs to do what his pedigree and what his profile says he's going to do. He needs to go out there. He needs to pound the strike zone early, utilize three pitches within the zone, get ahead of guys with consistency, and this team should be in a position to win a game tomorrow. And, you know, look, the the offense, they left a lot of guys on base again here today, as, as the Twins did, but the Sox were able to get those two pivotal hits when they needed to. Let's just get to Dobnik early tomorrow, and let's, you know, send him back to his job driving Uber by maybe the fourth or fifth inning tomorrow. Exactly. You got to pick the click. Yeah, pick to click. I am going to go. You know what? I'm going to go with Luis Robert. I think he saw the ball real well tonight, especially that eighth inning at bat. I think that's going to be a springboard here. I'm going. Hmm. I am going to take Tim Anderson tomorrow. He's going to put one out of the park. 
But other than that, Steve, I, I really don't have much else, my man. I don't really have much else. My computer's starting to act a little weird here. I don't know what's going on. But, um, yeah, I don't have much else, so I'm going to take Tim Anderson. Everybody be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for our Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at SoxOnTap, at ontapsportsnet. And we'll be back tomorrow after a uh, hopeful White Sox winner over the Minnesota Twins. White Sox forever. White Sox for life. Are you a sports card collector? Are you looking to buy or sell your vintage cards? If so, contact Josh over at Midwest Vintage Cards. With over 25 years of experience in the field, Midwest Vintage Cards will pay you cash for your collection. Check out their eBay store by searching Midwest Vintage Cards or follow them on Instagram at Midwest Vintage Cards. Contact Josh at 847-602-8604 or email him at josh at midwestvintagecards.com to get your quote today.